Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is April 27th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well, in good spirits, with high hopes. As for me, I am, I'm making it. I'm doing my best. I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion, I mean, uh, like this, this month is just not my month. You know, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I just got to get to May. And I know that really nothing changes. It's just a date on a calendar. It's just time forward. But I know that I'm going to look back and be like, look, we made it happen. We made it through. Despite all the ups and the downs of this month, that is the goal. So I'm knocking on wood and, uh, you know, keeping it moving. That's, That's the goal on this Thursday. Uh, let's see, Food Corner, I got a cool little work treat. Um, it was the end of Ramadan like celebration at work, and some coworkers, they every year will get together, they'll like cater some food for like the whole warehouse. This is like a warehouse of like around Jeezel Pete's, um, maybe around a 900 people or so, maybe, maybe more on a like a busy season. So, uh, I, I don't think it's one of those things where, like, everyone winds up eating, and they usually do it for, like, a very short window. It's not like the other, like, you know, corporate catered events. But still, they, they put up a big haul of food, and they just give it out to, like, everyone who wants some food and just to celebrate because it's, you know, it's just a, a good vibe. And I, I like that. I always uh, uh, like to participate in all this. Like, it's like a little bit of food. Yummy, yummy. Uh, so I got, like, lamb um i think it was like some kind of like couscous and something like that and um like some onions and and stuff i don't know it was a lot of little food and it was all very yummy and i really appreciated it so that was nice i uh other than that the usual i think i made some pasta last night so nothing too crazy out of the ordinary so yeah that's all we really got i i also um honestly just uh for warning, this is hopefully this is going to be a, a big episode, long episode, probably one of even one of my shorter ones. I always say that, and then I wind up just taking you guys on way too long of a tale. Um, so yeah, we can go ahead and just get to it. These are actually, it's it's a lot of, um, you know, it's kind of obituary type stuff. You know, I don't love doing that on the pod, but these were some big individuals that have done a lot and you know have affected a lot so i just wanted to cover them and then a little bit of an extra little news thing that just i i don't know i wanted to talk about so let's get started from the independent harry belafonte singer actor and unshakable civil rights activist uh, let's see i believe he died april uh the 25th Yes, uh, 2023, and then he was born March 1st, 1927. Now, I actually didn't know too too much about him. I, I'd heard the name vaguely in the recesses and stuff like that, but never any of the accolades. But I found out that he made the hit Deo, or the Banana Boat song, De. It's a deal. <laughs> they like, come in, you want to go home. I wish I could play songs and stuff for, for episodes, but I I've, I did that one time with like a Vince McMahon intro and I got clapped and I've been scared ever since. Uh, that being said, that was a banger, but he's done, you know, so much more than that. 
I had no idea that he not only did music, but he also performed like as an acting. He was alongside the greats like Sidney Poitier, stuff like that. Also, you know, obviously rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. Um, but also that he was a big civil rights activist. And that was something that was really a big driving force in his life. Uh, seeing him actually like be someone that um, Martin Luther King Jr. would come to for advice. And then uh, Belafonte would go to later like help out and support him and his family. It was, he was like, you know, in jail and, you know, going through the civil rights movement. So just, just be someone who's made all of these accomplishments and then see someone like Martin Luther King Jr. and assess like, this is a person I need to like help and I'm going to stand alongside. And I'm like, that's amazing. I, I, it, it was really cool to kind of, you know, learn about that kind of stuff, hear about all his accolades. Also, he kept it really fucking real with uh, the George Bush administration. I believe like, well, yeah, let's see it. By 2005, at the age of 77, he infamously damned damned i love the person who wrote this they were very like dramatic uh which is fair there's an obit i guess uh he infamously damned president george w bush as the greatest terrorist in the world true based and real uh he also called condoleezza rice and colin powell house slaves (laughs) which uh definitely hits obviously if you know you know what that is supposed to mean as a person like house field slaves stuff like that um and also understanding what their roles were in the administration i feel like i don't even want to say especially one or the other because they both were that they're both two black people in george w bush's cabinet who were there because they had a, a proven status and they were people of color so it's like yep uh, see, like, yeah, I might be some fucking conservative piece of shit monster guy, but hey, at least I like I can appreciate black people. And I mean, honestly, Colin Powell especially did not disappoint. Um, he did his role way too well. Um, we've covered him on the podcast. Um, you know, uh, and Condi, Condi, <laughs> uh, another, you know, big individual once again in his campaign. So, yeah, I mean, he was just keeping it real. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear it. That's the kind of shit I wish I had heard uh, when I was younger as a, you know, a, a teenager. What was it? Old adult, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, teenager. Um, because I, I, I looked at those people like, yeah, these are people that look like me. This is the kind of representation I want to see. Um, obviously I would later go on to do the same kind of thing with like an Obama, things like that. But you just kind of realize like, sadly, and I don't know if you would have said this about Obama, whatever, but like a lot of times these people just wind up being figureheads for the system to kind of use and say like, Hey, we've, we've made the progression. We're doing things, but clearly we aren't. And I, I think the t- sign of the times have clearly kind of shown that like, despite that we have all these people in these high places, we still are just treated like we're no one we're nobody i mean we literally covered a story where uh, you know a person in oklahoma some lawmaker was like yeah black people have too much rights and that's once again in the year 2023 so you know we still have a long way to go but i definitely wanted to give flowers and credit where it was due to belafonte um so yeah i just wanted to have him front and center for this if we're gonna you know cover people who have passed this week uh, a big one that also took place, uh, this was, I found out, obviously, today, making the rounds on the internet, from the Associated Press, 
Jerry Springer, politician turned TV ringmaster, dies at 19, or not 1979, sorry, dies at 79. Uh, let's see here. He was born February 13th, 1944, in Highgate Tube Station in London in the United Kingdom. I didn't know that. I totally figured this dude was like homegrown. Um, actually, especially too, because in like Cincinnati, you know, Ohio, Jerry Springer is even a bigger name because he was politically active here. He sat on the council. He wound up um, being mayor, had aspirations of becoming like a governor or senator. That never happened. But obviously, we all know him for the Jerry Springer show. Obviously, big fucking deal. Very massive hit. Um... And I mean, some, I think a lot would say for the better. I think I, I read a status today from someone like, oh, thank you, Jerry, for uh, babysitting me, while, you know, when I was growing up. And, and I get that statement, obviously, because Jerry Springer was on, you know, while we would call off from school, call off, I mean, being sick or whatever, you know, you had a sick day, snow day, whatever. A lot of people were watching, you know, the Jerry Springer show and all the crazy shit that was taking place there. Uh, that being said, me personally, I got to say... The Jerry Springer show just wasn't for me. Uh, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I came from a Christian background. So, like, the idea that I was going to watch Jerry Springer was just a, a big old no-go. That being said, I mean, my parents let me play in you know, all kinds of video games I wanted. I could watch a lot of things. Maybe if it was, like, a, like an action thing that was violent, that was probably all right. But just something like Jerry Springer was just frowned upon. Um, I mean, and... For example, some of the titles, um, some of these episodes, Stripper Sex Turn Me Straight, Stop Pimping My Twin Sister, and Hooking Up With My Therapist. Uh, just to name some, you know, few titles. Uh, there, there's also some other things, too. I, I know that there's another side of this conversation where people are like, why are people fucking giving any shit about Jerry Springer? Uh, just because a lot of the shtick of the Jerry Springer show was obviously exploit like it was a little bit exploitative i don't know if, if you want to say a little bit or a lot it, whether or not there's racial components involved in some of the episodes obviously there were like all oh, like there's episodes where like the kkk and they're they're over here on stage fighting with black people and shit it's crazy um that being said these things were meant to be controversial they were meant to get a rise out of people. Uh, Jerry Springer leaned into that kind of shit and was like, hey, I mean, like, you're not supposed to be coming on TV, looking at TV to, like, get morals. You're here to, like, this is, like, almost like a mirror, you know? This is, this is the society. Like, you shouldn't look at it as anything more than that. And, you know, I, I think personally I kind of respect that. Also, I think that, you know, he was about the city, which was cool. Um, that being said, um, he was a little bit too in the streets, maybe. Uh, he said what he called a battle, uh, he battled an addiction to prostitution, something that kind of potentially maybe led to a part of his, uh, undoing politically, because he was literally giving, um, sex workers, um, checks, like, literal checks, and I'm like, what? That's such an old man behavior, I think, like, just nowadays, but I guess he thought that was okay. Um, but that being said, I mean, like I said, uh, Jerry Springer's a big deal. Definitely someone now that he's, you know, gone, you know, wanted to, you know, talk about on the podcast. Uh, that, I'm trying to think, was there anything else I wanted to add? Oh, yeah. 
I did want to say, uh, I, in terms of how he died, I think it was a terminal illness, but I don't know what. And I, I think he was just diagnosed with it maybe recently. So yeah, um, that's another death. Let's see. Now this one, I have the uh, on the title Emmett Till, because to me, Emmett Till is more important than this person. Um, if you know anything about Emmett Till, then you already kind of know what I'm about to maybe get into and why maybe I'm already kind of coming off feeling away. Um, but let's see, from the Associated Press, white woman whose claim caused Emmett Till's murder uh, has died. So let's see. Um, Carolyn Bryant Donham. She died in hospice Tuesday night um, in Westlake, Louisiana, according to a death report filed Thursday. I believe it was cancer. If I'm not mistaken, a lung battle with cancer, maybe. I don't know. But this was the woman who accused Emmett Till of whistling at her. Oh, uh, I've heard it more or less said specifically as a whistle. Um, and essentially during that time, 1955, like you couldn't even look. Like if you were a person of color, if you were black, you could not look at a, a, a white person. If you did, you were liable to get your ass beat just for that alone. And, you know, according to what happened, um, you know, he whistles at her. She then, um, I think tells her husband and then her husband and brother wind up kidnapping Emmett Till, beating him and, you know, just lynching him and he winds up hung. And, um, Mammy Till Mobley um, she winds up insisting on having an open casting funeral in her hometown of Chicago um, so that, you know, they can see, the world can see what was done to her, what was done to her boy. And um, obviously this was w one of the many highlights in just a lot of racial inequality, a lot of brutality by white people on people of color over anything and anything they can think of. They, they, it just goes to show how little of a reason they needed for this to happen. A person whistling at another person and we're going to kill that person now. Um, and also, you know, just to finish off the bit of the rest of the story, um, both uh, the husband and the brother both get away with it. Um, you know, they were tried by their peers, their white peers, and then they later go on in a magazine to say, yeah, well, we did it. We did do that. So obviously it was really fucked up um, with the, de uh, the death of um, Carolyn Brian Donham. It sadly puts a period on this because, I mean, there's never going to be kind of any justice, you know? And it didn't look like there was really going to be. I think at one point there was a... Uh, arrest warrant out for Donham, but it was never actually put in like it just was set and lost um and i mean we've covered the story also on the podcast that literally was last year that biden signed like an anti-lynching fucking law like it's crazy that these things just move so slowly and ineffectively despite how obviously evil and fucked up it all is um 
so yeah, I mean, to me, it's a, it's kind of a shame that this person just got to live a normal ass life and, um, you know, died in hospice, whatever, just kind of big chilling. Uh, so, I mean, I, like I said, I wanted to make this more about Emmett Till and, um, you know, that's all I really got on that. All right. So that's, that's all we got with the death. And now we're going to talk about a little bit of a story that really piqued my interest. Let's see. Let me take my break and then we'll get into it. All right. From Gizmodo. Magic Raid wasn't the first time <coughs> Wizards of the Coast, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> hired Pinkertons updated. Now, I gotta say, this story interests me, enthralls me, I might even say, for two reasons. One, I'm a big Magic the Gathering uh, fan. I, I play it every single day. If I'm not podcasting, most likely I'm trying to play Magic the Gathering. Like, that is that is me. Um, so I'm really, I don't want to say, like, in the community, but I, I obviously, like, you know, a lot of my friends, at least, like, on Twitter especially, or the people I follow, it's a lot of Magic content. It's a lot of, um, you know, players, people who are in the scene, whatever. So... Also, people I, I, I follow on YouTube, they're either playing Magic or talking about cards. So this is one of those things where when it initially happened, I was like, oh, shit, this is this is this is big. This is big was going down. Um, so let me explain a little bit as we kind of chew in this article. Um, but according to Dan Cannon, also a sweet name, um, a YouTuber known as Old School MTG, the Magic the Gathering publisher, Wizards of the Coast, sent Pinkerton agents to his home in order to retrieve a selection of unreleased cards from the latest Magic the Gathering set. Now, let me go through two things, obviously. Pinkertons, who are they? Um, honestly, I fucking forgot about the fucking Pinkertons because I thought they were a thing of yore. Like, uh, the last time I remember Pinkerton's reference was like Red Dead... Um, also another time for me, uh, it's referenced in, um, Bioshock where they talk about all the fucked up shit that the Pinkertons were involved in. And I'm like, oh shit, man, damn. Um, we want to get tangled up with those motherfuckers. And I thought they were kind of old news, but then when this shit started, um, you know, hitting the fan, cause like I said, this is an updated story. Um, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so the Pinkertons are a thing and someone... Oh my gosh, I'm just burping, and I know that's like a big taboo. Squeeze me. Um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know they were still active. And they're like, no, not only are they active, they do a lot of like investigations on like any kind of like product issues. They're there to enforce that. Essentially, they are at the behest of companies as they always have been. Because at the end of the day, Pinkertons are supposed to be helping out these big corporations, make sure that they get theirs. 
they do some investigation shit, some like, I think like private eye shit. I, they obviously have a whole history if you want to look that up or whatever. But like I said, they're still a thing. And that was crazy to me. Like <laughs> they're breaking up the local Chipotle union, you know, like what the fuck? Like that, that was like, wow. Okay. So this is news. Um, but also the fact that, um, what he was posting, the content that, um, old school MTG, uh, was making. So essentially I didn't follow this guy personally and I wind up finding out though, through like a Reddit link. And when I get to it, I'm watching it. It's literally him with this product and unboxings are not uncommon. That's a very like on the level thing. People do that all the time, obviously not just in magic, but also any other trading card game, people love to do unboxings. Either the older, the better, or like the newest thing, the the better, whatever. Cool, great, awesome. But um, old school MTG, I don't know if I'm switching calling him that in canon. Um, he is like, hey, I got my hands on this new Aftermath product. And he knows that this product is not supposed to be out. So he is aware that he is about to open product that has not been spoiled yet. And I feel like something that's important to note that sometimes these articles aren't really mentioning is that's a big no-no. Like that's a big, like you can't do that. Magic is notoriously clamped down on this. Now, granted, I didn't know that they were using Pinkertons in some of these situations to clamp down on this, but they do not play any games with this. And Kanan has said he's been playing Magic the Gathering since 1994. He's been playing for a fucking long time. Now, maybe he doesn't play competitively. So maybe he might have missed some big news stories that have taken place over time. But there have been players who have leaked information about even, like, some cards. Like, they talked about a card that they they got to see and, like, spoiled or whatever. And they were literally not allowed to play Magic for a long amount of time. They were banned from the game. So... Like I said, this is something that Magic the Gathering takes very seriously. They do not play around. And he has this Aftermath product. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna open it for you guys. Like, I haven't seen any. And he says the thing, like, I haven't seen anyone else with this. And he proceeds to also say, too, that he got this from, a f like, a friend that he buys from. I think he spent about $4,000 on all this product. Now, granted, he said he was supposed to be getting March of the Machine, and he got March of the Machine Aftermath. So he's opening this all up. He's like, oh my God. Which also, mind you, once again, if you are someone who knows about this, you know what you're doing is not okay. Like, I, I, I just cannot stress that enough that we, like, anyone who was going to watch this shit knew. And you could even see in the comments before he winds up taking down the videos you can't do this, bro. Like, this is not okay, bro. But he's just going away, ripping them up, opening them up, and he's showing all these cards. The way this set is, works out, it's, like, not a big set. I think there's, like, 50 cards in it. Um, I think normally there's... I can't even remember how many is in a normal set. That's not really important. So there's 50 cards. He goes through it, but he winds up spoiling about 75% of this. Normally, the way spoilers work is that people will get a preview card online or whatever and they get to like um show it off the the day that they're allowed to show it off and like it's supposed to drive attention to them the individual content creator a person in magic and also then obviously be good for wizards to leak their product spoil their product controlled so 
what is happening here between not one, not two, but three videos is, like I said, he proceeds to spoil out about 75% of this whole set. Um, as this apparently is happening, obviously everyone's reacting to it. Like I saw the first one and I was like, oh wow, this is crazy. And then I proceeded to get more and more like Reddit links. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's opening more. He's opening more. <laughs> so uh, needless to say, I was intrigued. Cause look, just like, Jack Teixeira, whatever the fuck, um, who leaked the fucking, um, government, the military shit, um, just like Edward Snowden, I, I like leaks, leaks are cool, like, even if you're boneheaded about it, I still like a good leak, and when it comes to Match of the Gathering, my hobby thing, yes, I know that people have said before, like, oh, like, this takes away from the content creator, yada, 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 but, like, give me the leaks, I want the info, like, I'm just that guy, I was not gonna not look, <laughs> so, needless to say, this all unfolds, and literally, I think he says he does this, like, over, like, a two, three-day period, by that weekend, he says that the Pinkertons are at his door. Not only that, they, um, like his wife answers the door. They're very aggressive, according to Canon. And um, they like proceed to like kind of force their way in more or less. And mind you, these aren't cops. They're not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to move like that, right? So they're saying, hey, like we're here to get this product. We're looking for Dan Cannon, yada, yada, yada. Cannon then says he comes up. He's like, hey, whoa, whoa. He kind of diffuses the situation a bit because they're, he's like, he says they're being aggressive. They calm down though. They say why they're there. They state their purpose. He is then complying with them. And he says they take everything, all of this product. Um, they take the cards. They take the wrappers even. <laughs> so they take it all. Uh, they also proceed to say that, hey, we, that Wizards has been trying to contact you. And you haven't responded. And I think that was more or less emails that he didn't respond to. And I think he says that maybe he didn't see or something like that. And he says that they called and he says it was an unlisted number. So that's why he didn't answer it. That's all possible. I believe that maybe. Um, so needless to say, they get this product. They also say, though, and I believe this is obviously from Wizards, that they will reimburse him this product. Now, in the initial video that I saw of him, um, after everything's said and done and he like is saying, Hey, like they're going to give me at least the most that they can to re recoup my losses here. Cause I was supposed to get marching with the machine. He also insists that this was an accident. This wasn't intended. Um, but needless to say, what do I think? I think that there are problems here on both sides. I think that people hear Pinkertons and they are very upset and I get that I totally fucking get that I think I also had to really kind of remind myself about what the Pinkertons are about the fact that that they are still a thing and that they kind of probably still move in aggressive ways and ways that I feel like they probably shouldn't be allowed to um it, so it, it's definitely like okay there's problems here I, I don't like how Wizards handles this how they do handle these things. It gives me at least a bit of a behind the curtain that they've done this before. And also that there are former Pinkertons that have, have worked in Magic the Gathering, like um, Wizards of the Coast staff, whatever, and still do, that they mentioned in this article. And I was like, shit. Um, let me read that, actually. Robert M. Uh, Klimek, who has been the director 
Security Risk Management at Hasbro Inc. for 12 years, was previously the Director of Supply Chain Security Practice at Pinkerton Consulting and Investigations. The current Manager of Global Investigations is also a former Pinkerton agent. Anytime, though, that Wizards has made a statement about this, even in, I feel like, statements that have been archived, they don't say the word Pinkerton. They are very, very clever to not do that. They say investigators and, like, people and all these kind of things. Like, well, we employ all these kind of people to, like, get, you know, resolve these issues. But that's a big thing to leave out. Um, and like I said, th th that's obviously a big problem, big issue there. I get why people are upset. But also, with this, you know, canon guy, it just feels fishy to me. To me. I'm not saying that the response is warranted. I definitely don't get... I, I, and like I said, Isaiah, didn't you say you were happy to see the leak? Yeah, I was. I love that. But anytime I've seen the leaks like this before, it's normally done with a, a lot more anonymity. And I feel like Cannon's issue here is not that he did this this bad thing and he leaked it's that he leaked for clout and that's my take i feel like canon leaked for his own personal thing he even says it in his reaction video in a way where he goes despite all this craziness i merely i literally doubled in my follows like my subscriptions my youtube subscriptions from this and that to me was something i expected him to fucking say because he was just kind of just trying to be like johnny come lately about all this shit and i'm like yeah dude i'm not subscribing to you because i've never heard of you until this video that is a big anomaly no one does this and there's a reason they don't do this because they don't want pinkertons knocking at their door now, that being said, fuck Pinkertons. They're gross. Ew. Yucky. It sucks that Hasbro is willing to do all that shit. But um, that's all I really have to say. That's all I really got. Um, I know I said this is going to be a short episode. And I disappointed you guys because this, this looks like it's a 30-minute one. So, sorry. Sorry about it. Um, but if you'd like to support my antics, my hijinks, my weird takes, um, I do have a Patreon. Patreon.com for Isaiah News. Uh, you get bonus episodes. I try to do at least one a week. Also, you get a hot link to the Discord, but that is free. You can just hit me up in the wild, whatever. I will give that to you. Uh, let's see. You also get newsy status. So once at the top of every month, I do a little roll call. Say your name. I also will plug a project thing you're doing. Um, you know, I, I can't double your subscriptions, that's for sure, but I can sure as hell try. Uh... Let's see, freeways though to hit me up, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com, and then also I'm on Facebook, and then I'm also on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, I'm, it's me, that's the podcast, oh, and Instagram too, you know, pictures of the pod, you can find pictures of me on the other thing, whatever. So yeah, I'm um, here to talk about news, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.